I greet you, each one of you, in Christ's precious name. And I welcome. First of all, I want to make, this morning I, I've not chosen to speak on mothers, subject of mothers. But first of all, I want to spend a little time on thanking you as mothers for being godly mothers. Our world needs more godly mothers, mothers that spend time rocking the cradle. Mother that rocks the cradle rules the world. I think one of the presidents said that. We need mothers that are intentional with their children. And I feel honored this morning to have my parents here, especially my mom. Thank you for what you invested in my life. I can honestly say I would not be here without the influence of my dad and my mom in my life. To the ones of you that led your mother to rest this last year, I don't know how it is. May God comfort you in this day. Later the rest, they went to meet their maker. <clears throat> this morning, my subject is, the title of my message is, Living Under the Windows of Heaven. Living Under the Windows of Heaven. Bring ye the tithes into the storehouse. Storehouse, God's storehouse. It's so full and abundant and it never will run out. He's saying to bring in more, to bring into my storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, such a big blessing that you're not even going to be able to have room enough to hold it. Nathan has preached many messages on giving, and he has used this passage a lot, and I really appreciate his teaching on it. Living in an open hand, that God can fill it, overflow it, and flow through you to fill others, to help others. This morning, that same principle applies not just in our giving, but it applies in every aspect of our life. This morning, I'm not talking necessarily on the aspect of maybe in giving in alms. But I'm taking a broader picture of, of our call to this principle that, it's, that, it's, that God is telling the children of Israel here. As I studied this week on various different subjects, yesterday morning as I struggled in studying. Mid-morning, the song came to me, open the windows of heaven. As I prayed that God would give me a message, and as I looked into this passage, and I looked into God's endless resources, I 
It just amazed me that it's up to us how much we tap into. Sometimes we bring our own struggles upon ourselves because we're not, we're limiting God. We're putting God in a box and we have everything figured out. And we wonder sometimes why we don't feel more blessed. This morning, are you living under the windows of heaven? No, they're not closed, they're open. And God wants to pour out that blessing. This morning, I want to take you, and my thoughts here this morning seem a little bit maybe scattered with, with this subject of God's resources, of God's endless riches. But hopefully, you can follow along. You know, sometimes we come in life where we come to life where we feel like we reached our limits. We feel like at ourselves we can't go on. We feel like we can't, we've, we've gone far enough. I'm done. And yeah, we find a way through what we went through, but that we stay there. Sometimes we just stay there. Sometimes we, we find ourselves settled for what we think is okay. And we're just going to make do for something less. We compromise in the principle of proving God of his unlimited resources. And God is saying here, prove me now. See, if I will open to you the windows of heaven and pour you a blessing so much that you can't receive it all. He's telling the children of Israel here, is, is I am the Lord, I am, I am the Lord and I change not, wherein you sons of Jacob were not consumed. It's because of me that you're not consumed. It's because of my resources that you're still even living. And you're in this complaining and murmuring state. And you wonder, where have we robbed God? It's all totally had a backward view of who God and his resources, the limit. You know, we honor God with our giving our time and our money, our resources. Everything that he blesses us with. When we honor God with them, he will, he will bless us even more and more. You know, he loves when he sees his resources go to work. And he loves when he sees his resources that he gives to us bring him honor and glory. That's why he blesses us with more. He loves when we can, we can take Something that someone passed on to us. Someone has helped us out. Someone has reached out to us. You know, and, and he loves when we take that and we multiply it. God can, is doing the multiplying, but he loves when we honor and glorify God through that. We can only do that by giving it back to him. God loves to bless us. Just loves to bless us. Because it brings him honor and glory. You know, and sometimes we feel like we're, we're, such a, we're such a blessed people, and we are. But how much are we passing that blessing on back to God, pointing others, showing others that it's God that blessed us so that he can, he can receive the honor and the glory? You might be at your limits this morning. You might have obstacles that you seem like you cannot overcome. morning I have good news for you. You're living under the open windows of heaven.
You're not on your own. Because God is the giver. And as we give back to God, first of all, the best, he will never, never let us run out. You know, sometimes we look at, we live life in the mentality of, of, of scarceness. And Dathan's talked about this with, with money. If you think this morning that you, if you think this morning that you're, you're at a disadvantage and you live at a disadvantage, you need to turn that around. You need to turn it around and you need to realize that you're under the abundance warehouse store of God's goodness and his riches. That he wants to just bless you and pour down from heaven to give you all so much more that you can't even hold it all. He wants to make that you don't live in the mentality of lackness, but that you live in the mentality of the abundance. In every aspect and area of your life. You may not see it some days when you choose to just give, give, give. And sometimes you feel like your resources are depleted. But I'm going to ask you a question this morning. How can you continue to give if you feel you're depleted? Somewhere it's coming in. It's not what we do, but God is pouring it in. And sometimes he gives us just enough to get us through that day. But if we look at it that way, we're going to run out. We're going to give up. God has way more than what we need. And I feel like Nate has his, his devotional this morning on trust. It's tied very, very well into this. The time of waiting. Sometimes we give all we got. And we see so little in return. But let's remember. God isn't mocked. God says, I am the Lord your God and I change not. And he says, prove me, and he's going to do it. Let's believe that this morning. Luke 6, 38 says, give, in the ESV. Give it, and it will give, be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will it be into your lap? For with the measure you use, it shall be measured back to you. You see, if you feel like you're running out, maybe you need to start giving more. Because God's going to give you more. Because how you give is how it's going to come back. And I'm talking about your, your, your time, your resources, your talent. As yesterday morning, as I was struggling to know what to talk about, to know what to, 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 the inspiration from God to, to, to bring to you this morning, And I took my eyes off of, 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 the, of the subjects, of the, the task that, that was before me. And as the WhatsApp chat started up with the needs of the clubs. And my mind went there, my mind kept going. And as I, and as I, as I processed and as I was thinking about everything that was being said and and the, the, the aspects and the, the, the limitations that it seemed like, but yet so much resources. My mind kept continuing on in that, in the thought of the open windows of heaven, and I was so blessed to think that we're never going to run out. 
We're never going to run out of strength to do God's work. We're never going to run out of good things that God wants us to use for his glory to turn around and give it back to him. We're never going to run out of it. It's when our flesh becomes weak. You know, we serve a God that is supernatural. We don't have to look at, we, sometimes we look at life through the, through the sense of our, the natural state. And we reason and we think that's, that's not possible. I hear this morning that it is possible. God can provide so many things without any resources. Without anything to make it. He can speak it. You know, when we live in, the, we live in, we live in life and facing life and looking at life as opportunities in giving back to God, God will bless us with so many, so many opportunities. And instead of us needing to be encouraged, we're going to be giving encouragement. God's resources are endless. Noah. I want to take your mind to Noah. My mind went to Noah. You know, it says there that Noah lived. Did you know Noah lived under the open windows of heaven? He experienced it. Turn with me to Genesis 7. Genesis 7. It says there in 11, and on the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken open, and the windows of heaven were open. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. You know, prior to this, God told Noah that he needs to build an ark. God told Noah to take what little he had, he gave him specific instructions, just like he did for us today in, in, in his word, to follow, to build that ark. And as Noah obeyed in the faith that he had, he obeyed, and it saved his house. You think Noah stopped and he thought about, wow, this is going to cost a chunk. This is going to take a lot of time. How many years was it that he took in building the ark? hundred I didn't have time to look into that. hundred and some years that he took time to build that ark. And do you think Noah was doing it scarcely? Do you think Noah was doing it? Oh, well, I'm going to cut corners here and I'm going to do um, It's going to save me about a year if I do this. No, Noah was doing it in the obedience of God's word by faith. And he trusted God. He trusted God was going to bring him material. He trusted God that he was, he was going to give him the material and all that he needed to build that ark. And it, I, I mean, in our day, I don't know how many semi-loads of material would have came into the building of the ark down in the ark counter. Just think with me a little bit. Noah, back in his day, he, he had that at his fingertips because he trusted God. He trusted him far than he could actually see as a human mind or brain could take him. And all those resources came together because he obeyed and he trusted God. Noah didn't know what it was to live. Noah wasn't living in the mentality of, of, of 
lack of lackness. He was living in a mentality of abundance. If God said it, he believed it. I think Noah sometimes maybe would have felt like he reached his limits. You know, and that's where faith comes in and trust. Noah believed. He had faith. And as he built that ark and as he gave of his time and all his money and his efforts to carry out the orders that God gave him to do, you know, Noah was, was oppressed by the evil society. He was mocked by the evil society. He lived in a dark time. But yet he had enough faith to save himself and his family. Because he trusted God. And I, love to, I want you to picture this morning with me a dam holding back a big river of water, big lake of water. And those dams usually have a, the, the floodgates down below on the end of the dam, way, out, way down in the, in the ravine or in the valley. Them floodgates are open to control the level of the top of the water. And I want you to picture this morning that as, as, as a normal base, you know, a normal year to year, the, the vegetation might grow in that small creek that leaves the dam. And the vegetation might grow in. There might be some clutter. There might be some debris that forms along the side of the river, the creek that leaves the dam, that leaves the floodgates. But when God sends a lot of rain, what happens? They open them floodgates a little more, a little more. And soon there's a mighty rush, rushing river that leaves those floodgates, the bottom of that dam. And it cleans up all the river banks and it takes all the debris and everything away with it. And it cleans it up. It becomes a mighty rushing river. I want to liken that to Noah in his day. Noah knew what it was to be suppressed and be to be not depressed, but he knew what it was to have the oppression of, of the evil one bombarding him and his family. He knew what it was to go out every morning to pick up his hammer and to continue on the task that God gave him to do because he walked by faith. And he knew what it was to give all he got back to God because he believed God's promises. He knew what it was to see the evil in his society all around him. He knew what it was to deal with it every day. But when God told him to open that, go into the ark, and God sent the animals into the ark, think with me a little bit. And as God shut that door, and he opened up the windows of heaven, what happened? All that evil, and all that depression, and all that evil, so the clutter, and the, 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 the things of that society that was wearing on him were washed away. He arose above all that. And can you picture with me, for 40 days and 40 nights, it might have been rocky. But after that, there's 150 days of smooth, clear sunshine sailing. He knew what it was to be delivered from it. He knew what it was to see the evil society being washed away because God opened the windows of heaven. How is it in your life this morning? Do you feel like your creek that leaves the dam is just enough to carry you through from day to day? Do you have the vegetation and debris that's gathering on its banks and you live scarcely? Limit God. Despair, de depression, doubts, fears, complaining, worrying, living in worry, 
And the list goes on and on. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in the clutter and your junk is of this oppressing society. You know, Nate talked about trusting, trusting God as a business leader. We don't know what, what lies out there in store for us this morning. We don't know what we might face, but we don't have to fear it because God holds that. We don't need to let those things clutter our banks. We don't need to let them things restrict the flow that comes from the windows of heaven, from the dam of God's living waters that gives us life. You know, this morning, I want to turn maybe something around. We're so used to, to thanking God for what he's done. We're thanking God. We, we, we pray that God would do this and we do that, and that's good. And we thank God for what he's done, and we need to thank God for what he's done. But I like to take this level of thanking God for what he's going to do. Let's start thanking God for what he's going to do, what he's going to do tomorrow, what he's going to do in the next generation. We have nothing to fear because we have all the promises of God's word and it clearly spells it out that he will take care of his own. Let's start thanking God and praising God for who he is and what he's going to do. That's living in the abundance of God's blessings. You see, we might not... We might... We might <clears throat> Sometimes we say, God, we can't see it that way. We see that this, this society and its evil is pressing in. It's wearing. But you know that, you know your circumstances, you might say you're stuck. But let me say it this way. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I know. And I know that I'm under the windows of heaven. You know, so many times we're moved by what we see, and we stop there. I'd like to challenge us this morning that we're moved by what we know. And I know that what? That I live under the windows of heaven. I know the blessings of God. I know the promises of God. Let's live in that. Let's be moved by that, not just moved by what we see. Let God, let's let God open that floodgate into your life. Open the windows of heaven. Drink into that. Open your damn gates. And let, let's let him simply, and let's simply move ahead in faith. Just trust like Noah did. Let that God's mighty river of supply wash away that clutter and that junk that likes to oppress us. My mind also went to Elijah. Elijah, when he had the experience on Mount Carmel, he had that beautiful, powerful illustration of the God, the living God that sent down fire and devoured all the stones and all the water. And you know, after that, all he told, he told Elijah, and he told Ahab, First Kings, let's turn to that. First Kings 18.
1, it says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show, unto Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went and showed himself unto Ahab. And as it goes, it says a story to meet him on Mount Carmel. And let's jump ahead to verse 41. We know what happened there. But I'm going to take you to verse 41. And that great deliverance, you know, he slew all the prophets of Baal. And after that, 41, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, drink, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of, the, top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again. Go again. Seven times he sent his messenger to go look. Seven times. You know, we talked about in our Sunday school class this morning about persistent. That friend being persistent. Abraham was here. Abraham. Elijah here was living in the faith of knowing that God told him in verse 1 that he's going to send rain. And he was living in the moment of the sound of abundance of rain. Even though it wasn't raining. And he went up there seven times and there was not a cloud in the sky. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, and the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black, and the clouds and the wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezebel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I just love that faith that Elijah had. What was Elijah doing? Elijah was, he, you know, it says, he, therefore there was a sound of abundance of rain. He knew it was coming. He knew it was there. But yet there was no evidence of any rain in sight. Nothing. And he kept on and kept on, persistent. He had faith. You know, he was praying, his face between his knees, and he was sure it's going to happen. He was convinced it's going to happen. He didn't even have to wonder. He knew it's coming. Do we, have the, do we believe that? Do we have that believing faith that turns into action even when you don't see it any other way? Even when you see that just, it's not going to happen the way that you think it should or the way that God says it would. God loves to hear and loves to see that faith and work in action like he did in Elijah here. Because he wants to open those windows of heaven and send abundance of rain. Proverbs 8, 17. There it says, I'm not going to take the time to turn to it. It says, I will feel their treasures. I will feel your treasures. Psalms 104, 24. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them. The earth is full of thy riches. God's riches are so boundless. Psalms 34, 8 through 10. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Prove me, taste me, try me. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. 
Oh, fear the Lord, all ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. God's great storehouses. You know, in Deuteronomy, take the time, some time to, to read chapter 28. You know, God says, if you faithfully obey the voice of your Lord, your Lord and be careful to do his commandments, he told the children of Israel, the Lord will open to you a good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the works of thy hand, that you shall lend to many nations, and that you shall not borrow. See the beautiful, plentiful supply that we can tap into? He's going to open his good treasure, the heavens. He's going to give you the rain that your land needs to increase and bless the work of your hand so much that you won't even have to borrow. You're going to have so much you can give away. Honor the Lord first, and you'll have plenty. Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of your, of your abundance. This is ESV. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats with a bursting will be bursting with wine. Honor the Lord with your abundance, with your wealth. That's in every aspect of your life. Think with me a little bit. And in 2 Kings is another illustration that my mind went to. The four leper men that were living outside the camp. And then Samaria was going through a, through a um, drought. And they were surrounded by the king of Samaria. And they couldn't eat. They were starving in there. And you know the king, the Lord that the king was leaning on. Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. For thus the Lord... Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then the Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt not see it with thine eye, but thou shalt eat. But thou, thou shalt see it with thine eye, but thou shalt not eat of thereof. This morning, it's up to us if we're going to tap into God's plentiful abundance, warehouses full of resource. It's up to us. You know, and sometimes we can almost make, we can have everything lined up, that we can make God a mockery. And like this man said, behold, if God would make windows in heaven, this is not going to be possible. He'd have to make windows in heaven. He's kind of scoffing at it. Let's not limit God. Let's remember, sometimes the natural sense isn't how God works. He works beyond what we can imagine. God is behind the scenes orchestrating, orchestrating things and, and happenings in our days and our ways to plan for us to be blessed. You know, talk about Philip a little bit. You know, the angel of the Lord told Philip to go from Jerusalem down to the way of the desert. To meet with that, any, with that Enoch that was studying God's word. I love this picture. As you see two men in, in tune with God. Two men. Philip was, was just, he went through a beautiful revival at Jerusalem. And healing and uh, people and, and adding people to the church. And then God told him to get up and go to the desert. Go to, go to the desert. Go to the way of the desert. And in the meantime there was a soul that was studying and reading God's word. 
And God orchestrated that beautifully. That their paths cross. As we go through life, are we like the Enoch taking time? Time for those moments. Taking time to study and read God's word. Taking those moments that we find ourselves throughout the day. Reflecting on God. Reflecting on reading God's life-giving word. You know, we can be so easy entertained by our so many distractions and noise in our world today that we miss the time that we could be maybe reflecting on God's resources. We line up, make sure that our resources will last, right? We spend so much time and energy since covid I feel like all I get done sometimes is spending my time and energy trying to bring in resources to make product to go out. What about the time that we spend in bringing in God's resources, God's living word, letting it fill us, taking time? You know, we can be so easily entertained by our phones and the easy way of, you know, letting our phones entertain us rather than letting... God's word and the resources of God, the riches, fill us. Enoch, the Ethiopian Enoch, was, was blessed because he was simply taking the time. I'm sure there was things to see, but he was studying as he was going. And then God told Philip to join up to him. You know, it's, it's just a beautiful picture of, of that man that was God has so many resources. He can line up and orchestrate everything. And he does if we let him. And if we see. This morning. Are you lacking in your life this morning? Do you feel that, that maybe the windows of heaven are closed? Maybe you feel like the floodgates of God's riches are closed on your life. And you're living from day to day, just barely getting through. And there's debris and junk laying on your riverbanks. Malachi 10 says, 3.10 says, it's God speaking. Trust me. Bring me your best. Give me your best. Even if you only have a little, bring it. Have faith. Prove me, try me, and see what I can do. God is saying, Start thanking me for what I am. Start thanking me. Start bringing praise for what I've done. But thank me for what I will do. What I can do and will do. Trust me. Read, study my truth, my word, my living word, and let it fill you. God says, and that's for my promises. Just believe them. Just lay hold of them. Grasp them. Believe them. Make them a part of your life. Start living like you own them. Feast on them. You know, if we would just lay hold, you know, I find in my life sometimes if I would just believe more when I read those rich promises of God's word, if I would just believe more, I'd have less doubt. I'd have less Clutter. I have less worrying. God is calling us to step out in faith. To live in his righteousness. 
to prove him, prove him that I will op- that that I will open up the windows, the floodgates of heaven. I want to bless you this morning. That God's saying, I want to fill you. I want to bless you. I want to flow your cup over so much that you won't be able to hold it all. Your river is going to overflow and it's going to bless everyone around you. I want to clean out your debris, your junk that's lining your riverbanks. I want to fill you up so that God can put you in the path of another Enoch. Turn with me to Malachi. There's one more aspect that I want to touch to lightly here. A little bit. 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I love that picture. It isn't until you prove God and you try God and you, you give God your best. And you give him when you, have not, you feel like you have nothing to give. You give him you still give him. Your time, your talents, your resources. It's then when God says, I will de- rebuke, rebuke your devourer. Oh, God loves defeating our devourer. He loves defeating the enemy of our soul, the devil. But he needs to have us first step out in faith to give God our best. It's then when he will devour your devourer. And he shall not destroy. This devourer shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. He's going to bless the ground that you you sow in. He's going to bless the work of your hands. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of her, before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Beautiful picture. Beautiful picture. The beautiful promise that God would do. Start thanking God, giving Him our best. In chapter 4, but unto there, it says, For unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth, grow up as calves in the stall, and ye shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. God's resources are limitless. This morning there was, an, there was a uh, man that I heard talk one time that said, Man's inflation will never, never deplete God's supply. I love that. We live in a time where inflation is rampant. God, you know, God's, man's inflation will never, never deplete God's supply. If God can speak water out of a rock when they need water, if God can make a donkey talk, what can he do with us? If we just start believing and trusting and walk through those faith. Let us soak in the riches and the beauty of God. Blessings with the windows of heaven that are pouring down on us tonight. It's up to us this morning if we're going to tap into those riches. We give back. Let's kneel for prayer. Our Father, we come to you this morning, Zara. We thank you that you are a God that knows the end from the beginning. You know, you ne- you're a God that never changes. And it's because of you and your goodness and your riches that we're not consumed. And God, we know that all, everything we have is from you. And Father, you love to bless us. And Lord, help us to love the same way in giving back 
to you, first of all, the best. That we can fill us, that you can use us, Lord. That we can be a, a vessels full and overflowing. That we can be Christians that called out in this dark time of living a bright light. Because you are our source. Thank you, God. We commit our time to you. We thank you in Jesus' name.